This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Ukrainian officials urged residents of Kherson to evacuate as Russian forces escalated their attack on the southern city, which was liberated in November, having been occupied by the Russians since the start of the war. Russian shelling of the city has intensified in recent days, causing hundreds to flee. Many of the strikes appear to have been aimed at civilian targets, such as a maternity hospital hit on Tuesday night. America announced that travelers from China will have to take mandatory COVID-19 tests on arrival as of January 5th. Earlier this week, China's government announced that it would end mandatory quarantine for inbound travelers in January, causing record numbers of Chinese to prepare to go overseas. Italy, India, Japan, Malaysia, and South Korea have already announced similar measures. ExxonMobil is suing the European Union over the bloc's new windfall tax on oil companies. The lawsuit, filed by the oil major's Dutch and German subsidiaries on Wednesday, argues that the Council of the EU does not have the legal authority to impose the tax, which is aimed at the extra profits fossil fuel firms are enjoying because of the high energy prices, because it is normally a power of sovereign countries. Pope Francis asked for prayers for his predecessor, Pope Benedict XVI, whom he said was very sick. The signs are that Benedict, who is 95, is close to the end. In 2013, Benedict became the first pontiff to resign in 600 years. Styling himself as Pope Emeritus, he has lived in the Vatican ever since, serving as a conservative counterpoint to the more liberal Francis. Benjamin Netanyahu, the incoming Prime Minister of Israel, finalized deals to form a coalition, according to the parties involved. Mr. Netanyahu is now expected to swear in his new government, one of the most right-wing in Israeli history, on Thursday. On Tuesday, the country's parliament passed controversial legislation which will allow Mr. Netanyahu's allies to take up important government positions. Kosovo shut its main border crossing with Serbia amid renewed tensions between the two countries over Kosovo's status as an independent nation. Protesters gathered on the Serbian side of the border in support of ethnic Serbs inside Kosovo, who staged mass walkouts of state institutions last month. Serbia's president, Aleksandr Vucic, put the military on its highest alert level. America and the EU called for maximum restraint. The Kremlin banned the sale of Russian oil and petroleum products to Western countries that have imposed a price cap on them. The long-expected retaliatory measure will last for five months, starting on February 1st. It targets G7 countries as well as the EU as a whole and Australia, which all agreed to set a price cap of $60 per barrel to punish Russia for its invasion of Ukraine. And fact of the day, 10%. The reduction in salary earned by obese women in America, Britain, Canada, and Denmark. 
And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. 2023 in preview. Inflation will come under control. This week, we are looking ahead to next year's big stories. Today, what will shape finance? High inflation has stocked many of the world's economies over the last couple of years. The surge was driven by looser fiscal policy to combat the pandemic shutdowns, followed by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which sent prices of food and energy skyward. In the euro area, the rate of consumer price growth reached a record 10.7% in 2022. In America, it peaked at 9%. Central banks were criticized by some for not raising interest rates early enough to snuff out inflation. Regardless, 2022 was the year in which those increases came regularly and steeply. Consequently, most countries will get inflation back under control in 2023, but not without serious pain. America's Federal Reserve predicts an uptick in unemployment in 2023. The Bank of England forecasts a drop in Britain's GDP. In fact, the last time that the world saw such a confluence of growth-restricting policies, in 1982, it induced a global recession. There is good reason to worry that 2023 will not be any different. 2023 in Preview Expect Little Relief on Energy Prices Despite Western sanctions and Russian supply cuts, Europe should have enough gas to last this winter. And by next winter, it should have more terminals to receive liquefied natural gas making it less dependent on Russia's piped fuel. Nonetheless, the energy market will probably flare up again in 2023 for two main reasons. For a start, disruptions to supply look set to continue. From February, Russia will ban the sale of its oil and petroleum products to Western countries that have imposed a price cap on them. As the continent sources more of its vast imports from Asia rather than Russia, new bottlenecks are bound to appear. OPEC could also announce yet more big cuts in production in order to keep prices up. Second, refined products such as petrol and diesel are becoming scarcer. In February, Europe is set to ban imports of such fuels from Russia. Europe in particular is struggling to produce enough of its own diesel. A global diesel crunch could strike as early as May. 2023 in preview. Will the bull market return? Bear markets come in all shapes and sizes. Since the 1950s, there have been 11 of them. The shortest, in 2020, lasted a single month. The longest, from 2000, more than two and a half years. History, then, is not a foolproof guide as to whether stock markets will continue into 2023 the slide they began in 2022, but it does offer clues. The longest slumps occur when the fall in asset prices reveals financial misdeeds committed when the going was good. Think subprime mortgages in the mid-2000s. The current bear market has unpicked major crypto businesses and exposed weaknesses in British pension funds, which were imperiled in September 2022 
by margin calls on some bond derivatives they held. Volatility in American treasury markets has spiked, too. However, after 15 years of regulatory reform in the financial system, it is hard to imagine anything happening on the scale of 2007 to 2009. That's the good news. But continued tightening in monetary policy and slowing economic activity may still delay the return of the bulls. 2023 in preview. Low productivity in the boring 20s. At the depths of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020 to 21, many spoke of a silver lining. The rapid development and deployment of vaccines seemed to show that when the world gets its act together, it can indeed do amazing things. In response, pundits predicted a roaring 20s with all sorts of new inventions coming to market. A vaccine for cancer, driverless cars, virtual reality goggles for all. Companies seemed to believe the hype, promising huge increases in investment. So far, however, the world is proving to be even less innovative than it was before. Global productivity growth is extremely weak and possibly negative, meaning that the average worker is actually producing less than before. There is little sign that 2023 will be different. The optimistic case is that there is a lag between firms' investment spending and higher productivity, and that eventually productivity will soar. The realistic case is that world-changing innovations and thus economic growth are harder to come by. The 20s are likely to be more boring than roaring. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday. Thursday. What term, which refers to passing a point of no return, relates to an incident in the career of Julius Caesar? Wednesday. Which rock group is best known for the songs Alive and Kicking and Don't You Forget About Me? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Mary Tyler Moore, who was born on this day in 1936. Pain nourishes courage. You can't be brave if you've only had wonderful things happen to you. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.